Think about your customer, your 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 flock, if you will. If you're still a shepherd, think about your flock. What do they need and what do they want? What do they desire? If you can describe to them what they desire as the outcome, all that other stuff, all those other people don't matter because you understand them. That's what's important, not how it looks compared to somebody else. Mm. Do you right. understand your customer? What is up, entrepreneurs? Welcome back to the Video Simplified Podcast with your hostess, the mostest, Diana Gladney. I am just hum pleased. And it is my honor, it is my pleasure to bring this week's guest to the stage on the Video Simplified Podcast. He is an incredible author, father, teacher, mentor, and literally a guide for thousands and thousands of people, helping them to navigate the world of not just writing copy, but literally how to transition that idea from the ether, if you will, just literally up in the air to a tangible form that helps people lead and guide them into a decision so that they can help not only impact and change other people's lives, but impact and change their own lives. I am a product of his work. I'm a student of his work. And Ray Edwards is to me what I would imagine that Andrew Carnegie was to Napoleon Hill, which are two incredible mentors of old that have been just someone that's guiding me, even though they're not around anymore, but they've been mentors to me. And I can imagine what Andrew Carnegie was to Napoleon Hill. That is how I feel about Ray Edwards. He has helped guide and mold me, um, not only as, you know, getting into writing, but, uh, and writing literally words that sell, but words that help guide and transition people to watch a video, to watch more of the video, to get to the end of a video and so much more. It's not just the tangible things. It's so much of literally helping to like, if it in a very clear and sensible way to describe this, know what the heck you're doing and feel good about it and confident in, in the, what you're doing, because so much of when you're first getting started in a video, and even if you're not new to this, let's say you've been doing videos for a while. Let's say you're not new to your business. You've been doing whatever that profession is for a while. The difference is at some point, the comparison syndrome starts to come in. At some point you start to think less of the work that you could be doing or the whatever's right. And especially like when it comes to the medium of video, you start to think that X, Y, and Z channel is better than mine. X, Y, and Z video is better than mine, or the quality is, or the gear is, or the fill in the blank with the thing. And that is literally across every industry, every brand, every niche. And so um, I was extremely just honored and grateful when I asked Ray to come on the podcast and just impart some wisdom so that people really can start to understand the transition of taking the stuff that you've heard me talk about with his book, How to Write Copy That Sells. Of course, there's going to be a link in the description for the uh, show. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're not subscribed on YouTube to the Video Simplified Podcast YouTube channel, we're going to start putting that in the descriptions as well so that you can get access to the show. The other thing is if you're listening to this, I highly encourage you to save this episode. You've heard me talk and teach that when you are starting off your video content, you need to start off with the person, the problem, the pain point. And you also always hear me attribute that to Ray Edwards and his pastor framework. But now you get to have Ray explain and really break down that pastor framework so that you can go through the process of not just seeing where you're at with your content, no matter what stage of business that you're in. He's worked with people like Tony Robbins. He's worked with uh, people like just, I mean, I could name drop names all day long, but the thing is it really doesn't matter until you start adding your name to that list. And that is what I hope that you also learn 
and glean from what Ray has to teach. And again, it is my honor to bring my mentor and my coach, Ray Edwards, onto the podcast. I cannot wait for you to listen to this week's episode. Now, that's enough of an intro for me. Let's get into this week's episode. Well, uh, Uncle Ray, it is my esteemed pleasure to have you on the podcast. How are you feeling this fine morning? I feel fantastic. I don't know if I've ever been anybody's esteemed pleasure before, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> Good way to start today. All right. I'll take that. <laughs> well, I heard it on a movie once. So I figured it'd sound good on a podcast, so, you know, but I do mean it. <laughs> I know you do. It's funny. Uh, have you ever spoken to anybody in, um, just to get us off track right off the bat, in movie dialogue and got caught? Um, My nephew. Your nephew? Surprisingly, yeah, my nephew. He's he's nerdy enough that he he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I um I was talking with my dad one day, and I said something to him. It was actually a quote from a Star Trek movie, and he goes, "I saw that movie too, son." I'm like, oh, hmm. Well, just, just stealing copy from the best. That's all I can say. I mean, you know, wisdom reshared is still wisdom, <laughs> right? There's an episode of Star Trek where the original series where this character says she quotes Shakespeare and she, and she says, I wrote that this morning and somebody else says that was written by Shakespeare centuries ago. She said, that does not stop. That does not change the fact that I also wrote it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is an excellent. I'm going to have to take that one. That one's a good one. That one's a good one. Oh man. Well, in the um, nature of, I don't want to say theft, but good theft, I guess, since I can't find a better word. Um, we're talking about copywriting today. And because everything is copywriting, we literally could honestly talk about whatever we wanted to <laughs> when it comes to that. It, because I think that was one of the things that I learned from you first was that everything is copied. And I appreciate that my very first email that I sent to you, <laughs> literally oh the day God. I quit my job, I used, I pulled out the book because I always would keep it on my desk and I just moved it over to the other desk, but I still always keep it with me within the arm's reach. And I was just like, man, let me, let me, okay, let me get this feeling. Uh, it was something just telling me, I believe it was Holy Spirit telling me just like, well, email Uncle Ray. And I was like, he don't need my help. He don't need like, like oh, this is ridiculous. I so your help. I, it just, I was listening, thankfully, oh, being obedient that day. But I figured why not use wisdom? And I used the pastor copywriting framework. And literally, I put it at the end, it's like, yes, I did use your own stuff against you because you said everything is copy, including this email. So if your stuff works, this email will work. <laughs> <laughs> that was so powerful. It was so good. And you had written at the time. Well, why don't you explain why you wrote to me and what happened? For sure. So, um, literally that was the day that I had just walked away uh, from my job. It was not like a planned excursion or, or anything like that. Um, but where I was coming from, like I had been studying your stuff for a long time, um, literally since I had gotten started and I had heard you on, I think it was either Cliff Ravenscraft's podcast or uh, Pat Flynn's podcast because you had just been launching the book. Well, at that time, um, you said you were going give, give, gonna to give the book away for free. And I'm like, he don't know. I'm going to probably get two of these. I'm going to buy it and I'm going to get the free one. <laughs> and I do have the signed copy that stays on the shelf, pristine, uh, shelf in pristine condition. And then the other one that I abuse. And so um, I was just going through that book and just trying to figure out, like, making sure that I that I got it. But where I was coming from when I sent that uh, email was... Uh, like I had been putting what you were teaching in the book to work in emails and um, I hadn't quite figured it out for video yet, but uh, you know, I figure if it's been working in other emails and I'm getting people to reply and I don't know these people and they're feeling, you know, connected with me, I'm getting some clients at the time. I figured why not? And so um, I had decided to go ahead and to go in, into video editing and I was like, well, he hadn't been putting out videos for a while. And I don't like that. So <laughs> I'm going to see if I can help by that's doing I, some videos. That's what I remember. And you offered to do some videos for me for no charge. And you did, I think you did one or two maybe. 
You did, I, felt, I offered like a month, and you don't, you wouldn't, didn't let me get past one. <laughs> it was so good. The work you do is so good, and I was like, I cannot let her do this for free. I have to pay her a fair market rate, and that's how we started working together. And then now you become super famous. Everybody knows you, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm glad I got to meet you early because uh, it's it's been a pleasure. And you you understand, I think more than most of my students, the power of copy and how important it is. And you do it in every video you make and every email you send. I see it. I see what you do. And sometimes you even you're schooling me. I'm like, Oh, I forgot to do that in today's email. Or I forgot. I, I never thought about taking that angle that she took in this video that she did. So I'm, you are certainly, you have certainly mastered your, you're, you're in mastery. I don't say anybody's mastered, but you're in the process of mastery because that's what mastery is. It's a process. We don't ever get there and arrive like I am the master of copywriting. No, but I'm at the mastery level and that I study it and know that it's something that you do study with a sense of mastery, like always improving over your lifetime, getting better, getting more elegant. Because really, I got into copy because it was a way to get people to buy stuff, which is what most people get into it for. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's definitely the, the way the tool was developed. However, it's about so much more. Everything is copy. I didn't write that, by the way. Nora Ephron wrote that. That doesn't change the fact that I also wrote it in some email somewhere. But Nora Ephron originally said that copy is, everything is copy because she was a journalist before she was a movie writer. And she was taught by her newspaper editor that everything that you write is copy, not just the headline, not just the ads, but all the words and the stories and so forth. You're convincing somebody. You're, you're persuading somebody of something all the time. And I just have come to understand that the better you write copy, the better you communicate. And the better you communicate, the better your life, better your business, better your videos, better everything you do that involves humans, basically. Mm, I love that so much. I have one pressing question. There is a part in the beginning of your book, How to Write Copy That Sells, where you talk about the danger of how like successful good copy is. And that what you're going to teach, you should not use for ill. You should not use it to like all the things that you talk about trying to avoid, which is being sleazy. So I mean, feel like that used card salesman that most of us now probably haven't experienced that much, but we all have that imagery in our mind and staying away from that version of that guy. But you talk about the power of copywriting. When did you in your mind mentally or in your work transition from copywriting and a more ethical nature of the sense, like we're still going to make sales. The intent is still to make sales and sales are good. And it is good for people to find a solution versus regardless, like, or if it ever was a time where it's like, regardless, I'm just going to sell you this. And I know that this works. I'm going to use it. Like what, what was that? What, what was that moment in time that made you, kind of make a shift or did you, or when did you recognize it? How did that work? Well, I think it's been an evolution. I, I, I never wanted to sell somebody something that would hurt them. Um, mm -hmm. It was never my intent, but I did use tools that I knew at the time. This was a long time ago, everybody to so relax, chill on me now. <laughs> um, this was a long time ago, but I did realize that the tools I was using were somewhat covert. They were hidden. They were hidden persuasion techniques. And that's a popular idea. It sells well. You know, if I tell you, if I tell you I've got, 11 hidden persuasion techniques that nobody knows about that'll make your stuff sell 10 times more. Lots of people will be like, how do I buy that? I want that. But it made me uneasy because I thought, you know, this is the way bad things happen. This is the way cults get started. There's a book written by a guy named Ken Davis called How Do You Kill 11 Million People? It's a book worth reading. And it's about, well, I won't tell you because it'll spoil it for you, but it's about how copy gone wrong can kill a lot of people. Mm. And that's that's a sobering thought, isn't it? Yes. And as I, as I began to think about, well, what has copy been used for in the past to, to do that's not good? Well, to sell things to people that they don't need, to swindle people, basically that's bad, but also to, to start mass movements that are not good, like the Nazi party. That was copy. Those were speeches that Hitler gave that inspired a nation. And wrongly, they were deceived, but still, he was so good at the persuasion part of it that they were deceived. That's what made me sober up and say, okay, I got to take this a lot more seriously. So like a lot of things that people take for granted, like when we do scarcity or we do countdowns, we say, okay, this ends Friday at five. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll put in the copy. Usually I put something like, why did I do that? Because I want you to make a decision. And 
I know putting a deadline on this makes makes you want to make a decision faster. So I'm just very upfront about it. I'm, I may use the technique, but I'll also explain why am I using it. So I feel like that exposes it so it's not hidden. I'm not tricking people into doing something. I don't want to have somebody make a purchase and then have them wake up the next day and say, why did I do that? Because I, quote, hypnotized them into doing it. So it's just a matter of wanting to be more open about the process of what I'm doing while I'm doing it, but also still being very persuasive in the process, if that makes sense and if it's possible. That's what I'm trying to do. Absolutely. Because it, it never, for me, it never took away from the power or the pull that the copy that you wrote, like that written piece or that video piece or whatever it was, like it never took away from like, I need this, I want this, I have need of this. And the copy works in the sense that it helped lead me to a decision. And honestly, I like that approach so much because I know that was one of the things I was deathly afraid of was one sales and then sales because it's like, I can't convince people to do something. And I felt like that's all uh, that it always was. It's like, I can't con convince people. It's like, or what if you convince them and then they realize that they don't need it. So I've always like felt very awkward about that. And coming across your book and your content and your work um, has been such a godsend. And I love that approach around the pastor framework. And I, I don't want to talk a, a whole bunch here, here because it's like being a student again, it's like sitting, uh, sitting at the foot of like Napoleon Hill sitting at the foot of Andrew Carnegie. And that's how I feel <laughs> right now. But I, I want you to explain like the pastor framework in like a high level overview, because obviously I've, taught the book. I'm not going to lie. I've talked about your book more than I've talked about the Bible in this show for sure. And any content. And that is a bad thing for sure. But one way or another, they're going to come see Jesus. Well, so <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true about so many things. One way or another, they're going to come to see Jesus. It's right. Um, so high level way. Sure. Um, pastor is, uh, you know, it's not something I invented. I, I more or less uncovered or learned these things, these principles of communicating persuasively, and I put them in a framework I felt set the proper tone, proper approach to how we should think about persuading people. And that's the pastor mindset. And the pastor mindset for most people means like a preacher, which is not a bad way to think about it if you had a good preacher. But sometimes people didn't have good experiences with preachers, so I understand that. The original sense of the word pastor, though, was shepherd, to shepherd. And what does the shepherd do? The shepherd cares for the flock, protects the flock, feeds them, makes sure they have water, keeps the predators away, cares for them, leads them by the still waters, makes them light it on the green grass. The good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. Um, it gave me a way to talk about the gospel when I was in front of a secular crowd without being offensive to them mm -hmm. too much. Sometimes I still got offended, but that's the nature of the gospel. That's not me. Mm -hmm. But if you approach it from a, the standpoint of a shepherd, like I'm shepherding these people to making a good decision. Uh, then you won't be pushy or salesy. You won't come across that way to the people who are actually your customers. Now, you might to people who are not, people who are not interested in what you're selling. But to pastor, the, and the, of course, the letters of the word pastor stand for the parts of the framework. P stands for person, problem, and pain. And I've heard you talk about this so well, so elegantly, so eloquently, both elegantly and eloquently. There you go, both of them. <laughs> um, so I won't spend a lot of time on that, but you, you need to know the person you're writing to. Who are they? What's their problem? What's the pain they feel and how do they feel it? That's the, that's the most important part. Mm. It's the empathy piece. Mm. How do they feel the pain? Not how do you think they should feel the pain? Do you think they should feel guilty? Do you think they should feel scared? Not how do you think they feel? How do they actually feel? How does it hurt them? You can describe their pain for them better than they can. They'll automatically think you have the solution. And you want to be careful with that too. You better make sure you have the solution. <laughs> mm. Or else you're, you're lying to them implicitly. So person, problem, pain. A stands for amplify, amplify the consequences of not making a decision. What does it cost you to just ignore this? And in fact, I'm, when I'm doing face-to-face -face selling, I'll do it really blatantly. I'll just say, why not just keep doing what you're doing? Seems to be working okay. Mm. I'll let them tell me why not. They'll, they'll amplify the pain. And then A also stands for aspiration. What are they, what are they seeking to get to? What's their ideal? What's, what's the paradise look like as opposed to the hell they may think they're going through right now? If, if things get set right, then S stands for struggle, salute the story, struggle and solution and system. So the story is probably best if it's your story about how you overcame the same problem. 
the things you struggled with along the way, because that relates, that's relatable. It's, it's, it makes people know that you understand what they're going through, the struggle, the solution, what did you came up with the story of how you overcame the problem and you became victorious over it after having a tough time. And then the system is really important because it's one thing if you figured out how to solve the problem, it's another thing if you can teach me how to do it. That's what I want to know. Did you put it into a system that anybody can use? And in fact, can not only can you teach other people, have you taught other people and have they been able to succeed with the method that you taught them? So that's important as well in the S part of it. And the T stands for transformation and testimony. Uh, and testimony is, of course, people saying, other people other than you saying it worked, they tried it, it worked for them, or presenting evidence that it worked. And then transformation is what people actually buy. You know, when people buy a weight loss product, they don't buy the the eating plan, the, nut- the nutritional supplement plan. They don't buy the exercise program, the wall charts, the DVDs. They're buying the transformation. They're buying the before and after picture. They're buying the, okay, before this person was a, a not fit person that doesn't look really great with his shirt off. And this after picture, this guy's got a six pack abs and he looks chiseled and younger and leaner and meaner. Mm-hmm. That's how I want to look. They buy the, they buy the after picture, the transformation. So you got to make sure you're selling the transformation. Not, you have to explain the process, but don't get too caught up in that. And then the O is the offer. And that's really comes down to, here's what I've got for you. Here's how much it costs. And here's how you get it. And, during the process of talking about the offer, you want to make sure you don't get so caught up in the deliverables, you forget about the transformation. So we use the offer as a way to keep talking about the transformation and then how to get it. And then the R is request a response, which is if this is right for you, then press the button, put your credit card information in or however your, whatever your sales process is, make an appointment, however that works, but make a decision. That's what you're looking for. Decide this is right for you. And let's take the next step to get you there. That's pastor P A S T O R. I love it. I love it. I love it. So let's take a quick pause from this week's episode to dive into this week's gear fix. This week's gear fix is brought to you by none other than the book, how to write copy that sells. I am not going to stop talking about this book until you understand the significance of it for you. This isn't about sales. This isn't about anything like that other than I want you to really maximize the what you're doing. And this book is going to help you to do it. I don't care if you're in real estate. I don't care if you're a nonprofit. I don't care who you are and who you're helping with what specifically. Because you heard me teach that before, too. (laughs) But when you understand the who you are helping with what specifically, you need to understand how to start crafting your message. The person, the problem, the pain point is just the beginning. When you really start to dive into this and understand not beyond the pastor framework, Ray teaches you all kinds of things in this book. And it's crazy thin. This is not some super long uh, book. And you can see if you're watching this on YouTube, I bought this book back in April 26th of 2018. I've literally had this book that long and I do have my signed copy in pristine condition still on the shelf and then another one that I just abuse and use regularly. (laughs) So if you don't already have the book, How to Write Copy That Sells, you need to get it. And if you have not read it, you need to read it. How to Write Copy That Sells. How to Write Copy That Sells by Ray Edwards will change your business. I personally guarantee it if you do the work, which means you'll guarantee it for yourself. That's this week's gear fix. You can go to Diana.link forward slash gear fix to get access to that. And if you are watching or listening to this after the fact, I'll make sure that you get access to that later um, for sure. But that is going to do it for this week's gear fix. And let's jump back into the episode with Ray Edwards. The the one thing that it's a couple questions that come to mind that I know when I was first getting started that I had, and I'm sure those that are listening, if they're trying to go through and fill in the gaps, if you will, of the past framework. And again, I cannot emphasize enough. If you haven't gotten that book already, get that book. It is very easy read and very easy guidebook. It's like, it's not something that you just read and it's kind of up in the air. It's very tangible stuff. The, The one thing I can, I wanted to ask is, is that when somebody's describing what, does success look like for them? What is the finished work? What does the, you know, dream look like the paradise that you describe? 
What makes the difference, especially when you're talking about copywriting or whatever work that you're creating, what makes the difference from the paradise that you're describing and maybe some other offer that's out there? Because I know a lot of people get stuck into the comparison syndrome of, well, I'm not as good as fill in the blank and they'll make their paradise. It may be right, but they'll make it sound like it's a shack. Um, you know, <laughs> lost at the end of an alley versus literally what that person needs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, don't play that comparison game because compare somebody, I don't know who said this first, but somebody said comparison is the thief of joy. Uh, that's one way to get rid of your joys for sure. Cause there's always going to be somebody who's doing it better, looks better, sounds better, smells better, whatever, whatever it is that you're insecure about, you'll find somebody who's better at it than you are. Trust me, I know. I've done it many times myself. <laughs> so don't play that game. Um, th- stop thinking, because when you do that, you're thinking about yourself. Mm. Think about your customer, your, 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 your flock, if you will. If you're still a shepherd, think about your flock. What do they need and what do they want? What do they desire? If you can describe to them what they desire as the outcome, all that other stuff, all those other people don't matter because you understand them. That's what's important, not how it looks compared to somebody else. Mm. Do you understand your customer? And that's the one thing that like I absolutely love. And especially when we get down to like the offer portion, I have seen some very harshly aggressive offers, but at the same time, I'm curious and I have heard you talk about this before, but I'm curious, like for some of us, when we read certain pieces of copy or we're watching a video and it's, you know, you're getting to the point to where the offer is being made. Sometimes you'll get some really harsh, aggressive, uh, and I'm saying that loosely, but you'll get some pretty harsh, aggressive, like, like instead of just saying, like you said earlier, keep doing what you've been doing or why don't you continue to do that? But you're leading them to the decision. Now it's that time. And it, it's something like, well, either you can keep doing that or you can die. And sometimes it feels very harsh, but at the same time, to be honest, it's like, it feels like for when that is the right person and that conversation is there and it is serious enough, it is right because it puts things into perspective. So what is your stance on what seems very harsh, aggressive, you know, closes quote unquote versus those that are, well, decide if you want A or B, a blue pill or a red pill kind of a thing? Well, that's a great question. Uh, and, you know, first of all, it depends on well, it all comes back to your customer. And do you, in fact, believe you have the best solution for them? For them. Not the best solution in the world, but the best solution for them. And if the answer to that question is, yes, I do, I have the answer for them. If they do what I ask them to do in the product or in the course or whatever you're selling in the coaching, I know this will work. If they use the product, I know it'll work for them. It'll change their life in this way that they're seeking to have it changed. It'll get them to their outcome that they want, that they most desire. Then I think we have an obligation to do the the most, the most, the best, the, the most aggressive, if you will, the most convincing, the most persuasive job we can of getting them to make the decision to buy. Yes, I believe that. And I don't think we should lie. I don't think we should use um, negative outside pressure. See, there's two kinds of pressure that we exert on people. There's external pressure, which is we, we try to convince people, well, your, your peers will think you're stupid if you don't do this. That's external pressure. Um, internal pressure is the person that's making the decision is generating the pressure from inside themselves. They're, they're listening to what you have to say. And they say, well, mm-hmm. gosh, they, he's got all the questions answered. He's got all the, the, uh, the answers to, to my problem. Diana's got the solutions to how, to how to do this particular thing. She's teaching me how to do. I need, it, I need to have the solution so that I can sell more of my products, more of my coaching, more of my, I can spread my ideas around and help more people, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, they're putting the pressure on themselves to buy. And we've all been in that position where we want to buy. We're just looking for somebody to give us the rationale that helps us explain it to ourselves later or to our spouse or to our significant other or, or, or to whomever. But yes, I believe we should be as aggressive, as persuasive, as to the point and as dramatic as we can be within ethical reason, without telling lies, without being negative without abusing the relationship um, if we believe we're going to help them. So I do that. Some people think my closes are too aggressive. 
but I believe in what we sell. So why wouldn't I be enthusiastic? I, I prefer enthusiastic to aggressive. But you know, Zig Ziglar said that sales is really the transfer of enthusiasm. A transfer of enthusiasm. I have to remember that one. Because when it comes to your written copy, when it comes to website copy, if it comes to email copy, video copy, it's all, it conveys still just as strongly. And I really don't think people understand like how copy is leveraged literally in all of those different mediums, especially when it comes to the medium of video, which is why literally every beginning of every video of every email, every, everything that we do in, in the company here starts with the person, the problem. And I always add an asterisk of the right now pain point of the, why they're searching for that video on YouTube, what made them go to the search bar today and put that search in either again or for the first time. And yeah. where are they at in the journey of the searching? So when they land on your videos, because I, it was just like this big aura on YouTube of like trying to get people to one stay to the end, which we always want them to watch the, the most of the video, if not all the way to the end, but it's not like a secret. They can skip at any time. <laughs> you know, it's like we can't fool people. So our viewers aren't silly. We're somebody's viewer in essence. No. I'm so glad you brought that up because that bugs me every time I, I've done it in my own videos, but people say stay to the end. I'm like, well, okay, but I can always fast forward. So whatever. <laughs> right. Just, it's like we can skip. <laughs> <laughs> it's not rocket surgery here, pal. Right. Um, and, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, no, because it's, that's honestly the, the reason why I changed how I was doing uh, my videos, especially after I really started learning how to start implementing uh, copywriting and the pastor framework in video form, because you're already searching for something. You already went through some analysis process when you put that title or whatever in the search that led you to a video. You're now looking at thumbnails and you're looking at titles in a very, like you said, in, even in the book, people's going to, they're going to skim, scan and scroll the content of the, you talked about it being, um, a landing, like a landing page or the copy. In this case, in my world, it's the YouTube search results. They're skim scanning yep. and scrolling. They're making micro yep. decisions of which one do I want? Which one do I want? And they click on it. So it's not like it's a wonder of, do you want to learn about copywriting today? Yes. I want to learn about copywriting today. Well, I'm going to teach you about copyright. I hope so. In today's video, I'm going to teach you about it. It's like, all right, next video. Yeah. <laughs> Three seconds. That's all you're going to get out of me. You know, here's a good example of that. And, and, and this is the perfect example of how everything is copy. And most of all, I think video is copy right now because people are looking for video solutions when they, when they get on Google and start searching or wherever they search from duck, duck, go, or whatever the super secret um, conspiracy theory browser <laughs> of choice is these days. Um, now you see, you don't know whether I'm for the conspiracy theory or I'm against it. You have no idea. And I'm not going to answer that question. Um, <laughs> but you know, I was looking for, I'll give you a real example from my own life yesterday. I was looking for how do I transfer my website to Kajabi from WordPress and not lose my SEO. That's what I wanted to know. And nobody could give me the answer. I found one video that had enough of, of, of an answer to for me to watch it and they didn't have the full answer, but they had part of it. And the reason I watched that video and did not skip by the way, is because the person started the video like this. Here's how to move your website from WordPress to Kajabi without losing your SEO advantages. Step one. And they went right into it. And I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you God that you have a faithful <laughs> servant on earth who knows how to actually answer a question and not, do what I've done in so many of my past videos. Forgive me of my sins, Father. I have, I, I have sinned, but I've repented now. Because that's what people want. They want the actual answer to their actual question right now without any bunch of preamble and wasting their time. And that's an example. Of, and if you have a product that teaches people how to do that thing, they'll watch the whole video. I have watched it. I have I searched for something for a solution myself. Gotten a video that answered the question just like that. 
here's how to do the thing you just searched for. And they show me how to do it. And they have a product that explains it a bit deeper. And I bought it and I watched the whole video through and did not skip and bought the product they asked me to buy because they answered my question. That's how it works. That's the power of copy right there. Mm, I love that so much because people don't, like I said, they just don't get that video is still a form of, of copywriting. And I remember the day I was sitting down, I was planning out some video ideas and I'm like this, okay, everything is copy. That means the video. Okay. Where I, I remember literally, I, I think I had just shared this in a recent video that in my early days of doing video, it was nine minutes. I kid you not nine minutes before I got to the point. Literally, I was tired of looking at myself in the edit. I just deleted I'm the video. I'm only laughing because I've done the same thing. <laughs> it's nine minutes before I got to the point. I'm like, okay, if it start, starts off the pastor framework, the person, the problem, and their pain point, who am I talking to? What issues are they having right now? Okay, identify that. Problem. What are we dealing with in this video? And I remember... Because this, the pastor framework and the story brand framework by Donald Miller um, is very, like, as if, y I don't know if y'all are on the same wavelength or yet both of y'all just doing your God-given work and thank the Lord for you. <laughs> because it's like, you you rightly need both to understand, like, the story frame. Like, did that, did story telling in any f way, like, impact some of the copywriting that you do or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think the most powerful copy you can write is in the form of story. I mean, some of the best copy I've ever read was didn't actually look like copy. It looked more like a story, but by the time the story was over, I wanted to buy whatever the person was selling because I was convinced they knew my problem, they knew how to solve it. And um, I had a, I used to have a big, long section in my course about storytelling, and then I found Story Brand, and I just started referring people to Story Brand, and Donald and I actually did some workshops together. Because what we teach is very complimentary. It's different, but it's very complimentary. It goes hand in glove. Because his people get to a point where they want to know, okay, how do I take this storytelling part and turn it into an actual sales conversation, communication, where I just ask them to buy straight out. And there's steps to do that. And it's different than you know, the video thing I just described is when somebody's just searching for one answer to one single question. If they're looking for a bigger answer, like how do I become a copywriter? How do I learn the art of copywriting? And you've got a course Explaining your course is a much longer answer than one of those single question video situations. That's going to call for a longer copy. But if you want to keep people's interest during that longer copy, you better be telling them some stories or else you're going to lose them. So yeah, they, they definitely complement each other and they go together. You got to do both or you will lose people along the way. Mm. I know that firsthand. <laughs> and so when it comes to businesses leveraging copywriting through video what is one other than like obviously using the pastor framework what's what's one piece of advice or a strategy even or whatever that you would think to give what is one piece of advice that you would give that business owner that's trying to bring their brand onto youtube and share this using video but like they're just still they're not getting it you mean other than just listen to what Diana says and do that? <laughs> other than that. <laughs> okay. Um, really, it's going to sound repetitive, but I'd go back to what we are just talking about. Sit down before you make that video, and if you're going to script it out, that's fine, although that doesn't work the best for me. I like bullet points, and I, if I can speak just from the heart, but know what I'm going to say, if that makes any sense, so I'm not rambling, mm -hmm. trying to find my way to the what I'm trying to say. But your friend of mine in copywriting calls that throat clearing copy. <laughs> We're just talking until you get to the actual point. Put yourself in their position and ask yourself, okay, if, when a person sits down and watches this video, why are they watching it? What do they want from the video? If they if they were maybe they didn't do a Google search but or a YouTube search, but maybe they if they're asking a question, what would their question be? The question might be, well, how 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 can you help me? Then answer that question. Figure out what the question is they would be asking you. If you could if you could read their mind and you knew for sure what they were asking, and then to answer that question straight away and maybe ask it, say, you're probably asking yourself as you watch this video, how can you help me, Ray, with copywriting? What does that even mean to me? How does it help my business? Well, if you need more sales, if you need more customers, if you need people to, to be repeat buyers, if you need people to ask for refunds less, 
If you need more profits in your cash register today, that's what I can help you with. If that's interesting, here's how we do it. And then when you get right into it, you don't do a lot of preamble. And it comes down to knowing your customer and knowing what they want, knowing what the pain is and how does it hurt and how can you help them and what do they want and speak to that. Forget all the other stuff about anything else. Just think about your customer and answer their primary driving question as it relates to what you are doing or offering. And I've seen that work for you so many times and you've, and we're not talking like a $27 offer. Not that it can't work for that, but we're talking like from events to um, just courses that you've done, partnerships that you've done. I saw you do it with the book. We're talking about big ticket items of like from literally from a free book or some free downloadable thing all the way to uh, like four, five figure courses or, you know, offers, if you will. And so like for an entrepreneur that's wondering how strong and effective is this? (laughs) I I can probably guess what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Why do you feel confident and good doing a big ticket offer in a video knowing I'm asking for five, six figures uh, in the offer or the when they get to the landing page? And I'm fine with putting this in a video if that as the offer. Well, uh, lots of reasons, but the main reason is because I think I know my customer when, when it works. Now, it doesn't always work for me, which means I've made a mistake somewhere along the way. I didn't understand what the customer wanted. That's the real answer. Anytime you do a promotion, it's easy to say, well, the ads didn't work or the demos weren't right or the the conversion didn't work because the design was wrong. Well, you just didn't understand your customer. That's what it comes down to because it really all comes down to the offer. Mm-hmm. And the offer comes down to how well do I understand what people really want? How is it hurting? And how can I help? And how bad do they want to help? And do they believe I can help them? Mm-hmm. That's all it comes down to. And then if there's any way they can pay the price, your price is rarely the problem. Mm. Think about it. When we want stuff, we find a way to buy it. We want a new camera. We're going to figure out how to buy that camera. It doesn't, I mean, we, the dog can, can go fend for himself. The kids can go fend for themselves. The rent can wait, but I'm going to get that dang camera, right? (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm so guilty. (laughs) Uh, Me too. I'm preaching to myself. (laughs) <laughs> but that's how that's how we are as human beings. So if if we if they want what we're trying to sell them, then we're not trying to sell it. They've, it's already been sold. We didn't sell it. They bought it. They bought already in their mind because they under we understood what they needed, what they wanted, what the pain they felt, and how they felt it. And we understood how to explain the solution in the way that they they got it. They realized, oh, you've got the solution. They've bought. Now it's, we just figure out how to help them pay for it. And so. We just did an offer recently where I did a video. It was kind of a longish video, and the offer was $36,000. Now, that's unheard of. You don't do that in our industry. You don't, you, you trick people. You get them into an environment where they're trapped in a room with a thousand other people, and there's peer pressure, and there's mind programming, and music, and fog, and lights, and you know the drill. You know how all that stuff works. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm joking, and I'm not joking at the same time. Just be aware of what's right. happening to you. That's all I'm saying. Just be aware of what's happening to you. Um, it's not bad. Just be aware. So, but you're not supposed to just get on a video and say, okay, I have this, this coaching program is $36,000. If you want to get in, make a $2,500 deposit to talk to somebody who will then sell it to you. And we had a hundred percent closing ratio on those calls. You know why? Cause nobody was tricked into the call. Nobody was told it's going to be a strategy session mm-hmm. or a coaching session when it was uh, it was a conversation about, are you going to buy this or not? Is this right for you? Can you mm-hmm. afford it? Will it work for you? That was the conversation. And so they were, they had already made the decision before they got on the call because we were honest. We described the problem that they're experiencing, the pain they're feeling. We had a solution. We described the solution. They believed it because it's real. That's why they believed it. We told them the price up front. That's why people don't come to calls. You wonder why they don't get on your calls because they don't want to hear you tell them the price and they have to figure out and say, well, I need to think about it. I need to pray about it. Don't say that to me because I'll just say, okay, let's do it. Father in heaven, we'll pray about it right now. But it's just being, you know, just treat people the way you want to be treated. Be honest, be open, understand them, work hard to understand them, work hard to have a solution, and then don't be ashamed to sell it to them. Mm. 
I don't have anything more profound than that to say. I, I think that's quite profound, actually, because when you take and you do the the behind the scenes work, the work that doesn't look sexy of figuring out what really is the core problem. It's the example I love to give give whenever I'm doing a talk. It's you going in with a, a pounding headache and you've been having this migraine for three days or two days. I don't know how long it is before it kills you. So whatever that time limit is <laughs> right up until that point and you go in there complaining about it and the doctor says, man, I really like your nails or where did you get those shoes? And you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, and so, exactly. Yeah. So getting more in tune with that person and where they're at and what they're dealing with and what's back of not just obviously wanting to feel better, but the why and, and the such this, it, it honestly does become very profound because honestly, most people don't do that to that extent with the level of care that I've seen that you do it. Um, and of course, with the whole team do it in the fact that truly helping people to make change. And I've heard those testimonies. I'm a living testimony of the work that you do and how effective it is. Um, so you have helped tremendously change my life. And I, from the sincerest place of my heart, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am honored by that. And I accept that from you. Uh, that's something I'm learning to, learning to say. I used to deflect. I used to, but I'm not going to. Thank you very much for that gift. Um, and, you know, this speaks to other things as well. Like people say, well, how can you be comfortable charging so much money? Well, it takes, it takes us being able to charge the amount of money we charge for certain things to be able to deliver the kind of service we want to deliver. The worst mistake you can make is undercharge and you can't deliver the service that the people deserve that they're paying for. You can't deliver because you're too busy. You've got too many customers, too many obligations, too many masters. You're not able to serve anyone. You know, if, if you have like a thousand customers you have to do video editing for, you're in trouble. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, you're successful at one level, but you've crushed yourself at another level. So mm. you got to charge enough to be able to deliver the service that they deserve. And, and you're upfront about it and, and that's okay. And, I think the one thing I'd like to convey to people is this, that on this communication thing. Um, sometimes you do have to be really brash. Like you quoted, you sort of quoted, paraphrased a piece of copy that a fellow named Jim Rutz wrote. He wrote a headline once called read this or die. And it was selling a health newsletter. So it was like health advice on vitamins and nutrition. And you say, if you don't read this stuff, you're going to die because you don't know what it takes to stay healthy. And uh, some people thought that was too much, but it was a very successful sales campaign. So that it worked at that level. And it worked for me personally, because later in my life, I developed a disease called Parkinson's disease. And I came to a decision point where I had to decide, am I going to give up like most people who get this diagnosis and just recluse, become a recluse because I didn't want people to see me shake or hear my words get slurred sometimes or me stumble around like I'm drunk and people at conferences make jokes about, oh, you've been drinking again, Edwards? And things like that, or am I just going to step out boldly and just be who I am, regardless of the circumstances, and figure out how to get healthier, be as healthy as I can, and press on and do the work that God put me here to do? And I decided the latter. So I wrote myself a sales letter, Diana, and the headline of that sales letter was, Read This or Die. And it was addressed to Ray Edwards, and it was me writing a sales letter to me about the reasons why. It's using all the things I know about persuasion and copy to persuade myself to do what I needed to do to be healthy as possible and to live and be productive and serve people no matter what the, the enemy threw at me, what, what the devil threw at me, how to defy the devil and do what God wants me to do instead. So it was a sales letter that, that saved my life. And that's what my next book is about. My next book is actually called Read This or Die. When can we get that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure exactly. We just turned the, the uh, manuscript into Harper One, who's my publisher. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, that's a funny story, a coincidence story. If you believe in coincidences, I don't. I think everything is God orchestrated. But I was talking to my um, my uh, collaborative author, uh, Jeff Goins, and I are collaborating on this book together because he, he first heard me tell that story, and he said, that's interesting. You should make a book out of that. And so he guided me through the process of selling it to a major publisher, which I'd never done before. And um, so... This, this funny, the coincidental story is the God incidence story instead of coincidence. It's a God incidence. 
I told Jeff, he said, who do you see publishing this book? I said, I, you know, there's a book I really like. The title's kind of sketchy. It's called uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. And it was a really good book. It was a shocking title that really got my attention, which is what a title's supposed to do. It's, it's a headline. It's a great headline. And so I opened the book and I realized, though, this is a book that picks a fight with the self-help industry, but it's actually a self-help book. Mm. It's a how to be aware of your own problems and how to, how to be responsible and own them and do something about them. And of course, I would add, I would add to that with God's help, but that's me. It's not that author. Mm. Uh, Mark Manson is the author who wrote The Subtle Art. And I said, I'd like to write a book like that with that spirit of helping people by challenging what they believe is the truth when it's really something a little different than what they think. And I mean, heck, I'd better like to be published by the same publishing house. So it turns out I got the same agent as Mark Manson and I got the same publishing house as Mark Manson. We're published on the same. So sometimes, you know, when you know something's right for you and you make a declaration in faith, things happen just the way they're supposed to, I guess. I don't guess. I know. Wow. So I don't know exactly when the release date will be. I think it'll be probably next spring. But okay. trust me, when it's when it's ready, I will let you know. And I, I will let you let other people know. I will I will do that. I will do that. And we will stay on top of that and even update, go back and update this episode to make sure um that, that happens and if possible, because I'm sure you'll probably be on a uh, a tour at some of some point, an author's tour to try to get yep. you back on, or maybe I'll just steal some of your work from someplace else and just play it on the podcast. So I don't know, whatever works at that time. <laughs> I always love talking to you. So whatever, whatever works for you, I'd, I'd love to come back and talk about it more. I'd be honored. Uncle Ray, thank you so much uh, for being here today and sharing, sharing such wise words and of wisdom. Um, and I really hope this blesses people. Oh, thank you. I, I was blessed by being asked to be here. I love you. I love your work, what you're doing and how you're helping people. So I'm happy to contribute in any way I can. Love you too. So that's where I'm going to leave it for this week's episode. So if you're new here, come back around for next week's episode or go check out one of the other episodes that we have on the podcast. Again, this podcast is dedicated to you helping you simplify the video creation process. But if you know somebody else, they may be able to take advantage of that, want to get started in YouTube or starting creative videos, share the link with them kick them over one of the episodes that you found valuable or that you think would help them out the most. And if you haven't left a rating or review, be sure to do that. I highly appreciate it. And as I love to end all of my podcasts, the winds of life blows on us all, but it is how you set your sails. With that, guys, through a passion, I'll see you on the next episode of the Video Simplified Podcast. Take care. Take care.